Okay, everybody. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Buildwin Internal Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Aaron Witt. For better or for worse, or if you, if you if you love these, then great. If you don't, I don't know what to tell you. But we have another one nonetheless, and this one is an interesting one. I, I was going to write an email about this uh, this weekend, but I thought, well, you know, maybe this is better off as a podcast. I kind of have my thoughts uh, formed, but I'm going to be shooting from the hip here as well. So I had the experience. Well, let's let's go back even further. So. In uh, January of 2019, I had the opportunity to help a company called Fisher Industries with a project. Um, Dan was involved, Chase was involved, and and Zach Stinton was our video guy at the time. He was involved. So it was just a few of us, and Fisher came to us and they said, well, we need help talking about our new method of border fence installation because we're going to go after the $15 billion contract that the government is is talking about, that the Trump administration is talking about. So this was when I was early on in business and, you know, no opportunity was, was too good to pass up. So it was uh, what I thought was an enormous project at the time. It was like 17 grand for this whole video and all these photos and the photos were on, you know, Fox news and, and went to the Trump administration and, and the video was, was used to go, eventually get them a an over billion dollar contract with the US government to build more border fence on the border of Mexico and California, Arizona and Texas. They're working in quite a few different places right now. So, um we we helped them with that. It was it was successful and and helped, you know, it probably a very very small part, but helped them win over a billion dollars in new work with the federal government. So, you know, I I had conflicting feelings after I did that. And I know some of some of the other folks that worked on it had had as well. You know, I had just said yes and didn't really think about the 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 ramifications of what we were doing at the time. And uh, Fisher Industries is not a company we'd probably work with. I don't think they're a very good fit. They're a little too. I don't know. They're they're a big company. They do about half a billion a year before they got the border fence contract, and and they're they're a serious outfit, vertically integrated, but they're. You know their ownership's a little, it's it's a little much. So I don't think they'd be a very good fit with with our group that we have going. But I, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't take into consideration the the ramifications of what we did uh, on a, on a bigger picture. I just kind of did it and said absolutely. And so I don't think I regretted it. But but after that, I said, well, you know, I'm going to be more careful with what projects I take on because even if I was a staunch you know supporter of the border fence, um, there are just potential ramifications of being involved in something so politically problematic uh, from, from a business perspective. So, uh, so we went on with our, with our time. I, I saw them building the, the, the border fence and I guess a little bit of history on the border fence. The border fence, it's very politically charged at the moment, obviously, because it was an enormous part of the the Trump campaign going into the 2016 and, and it has a big has been a big talking point of his presidency over the past few years. That said, people think it was a Trump thing. It, it, it was not. It was started in the 1990s and uh, with the first Bush administration, then into the Clinton administration, then into the Bush administration again. And then into the Obama administration. So we've been we've been building a border barrier and border fence for 30 years now. 
Um, but most most everyone didn't really understand that until it became a very politically charged issue leading up to 2016 and 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 now to today. Uh, so, so the border fence has always been going on. I, I've always been interested in it because I lived in Arizona growing up, and and you know it's 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 talked about a lot immigration and, and the border because we we share a large border with with Mexico. So, with so much around the border fence, and with our previous history, when I saw Fisher uh, working on on a portion of the border fence, I reached out to Fisher. And I went to school with Grant Fisher, Tommy Fisher's son. Tommy Fisher is the owner of the company. And, and so I texted him and I said, Grant, I, I really want to come out and see the job. Can I come see it? And, and he said, absolutely. So I went out there uh, last week. And I say all this, and I guess the, the point to this story, and I'm going to get into my experience, but the point to the story is it's important today more than ever before to experience things for yourself. So you hear about things secondhand or you hear about things even worse through the media. Now, when whichever outlet you're consuming, whichever whichever side you're on, uh, you're, you're hearing things that are oftentimes very skewed uh, compared to reality. So after doing a little bit of the border fence work, after hearing about it for a very long time, since it's a very large infrastructure project, I really wanted to see it for myself to be able to form my own opinion, have my own real world life experience about something very controversial, political, and and really understand it for myself so that I could, you know, fully form an opinion on the subject. So I could actually take a formal stance that's educated and based on experience. Now, uh, and so that was the point of going down there was one uh, to, to just experience something that's so controversial to this day. And two, just to see the, the scale of it from an infrastructure perspective. If you set politics aside, some people would argue, well, you can't set politics aside. I can set it aside and just, just look at the, the, the scale, the infrastructure project itself and, and the, the steel and the concrete, the earth moving. It's remarkable and a remarkable feat of engineering. So those were the two reasons why I went down there. And so it was a, I would say, one of the most incredible life experiences I've ever had, and I've had a lot of life experiences over the past three years doing this job. It was just something else to be on the Mexican border. You know, this this what was and what still is largely just this 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 barbed wire fence through these these really rugged mountains, and you have these you know enormous dozers and drills, and and they're doing blasting and and ripping these roads and and ripping a road all the way down the border through these mountains that, that have never had a fence on it or, or any kind of obstruction on it whatsoever because it's previously been too rugged. Um, so now we're you know, building fence on uh, areas that, that have never had fence on it just because it's been too difficult to get to up until this point. So I, I went to the first job where they were building a, an enormous laydown yard in the middle of the mountains right on the U.S.-Mexican border. And uh, it was just crazy. I mean, the, the guys, they said... That morning, they drove down this this one dirt road. They saw 300, he said, and, and this is a quote, you know, he could have been exaggerating, but he was like, yeah, in a 30-minute period, I drove past probably 300 people walking through the desert. And so the first thing that took me back, took me aback, excuse me, by, by, my, by the experience is it is really rugged terrain itself. So I do a lot of hiking. I don't think I'd necessarily want to hike through 
this part of the country because there's no paths. It's all cactus and spiky shit and, and snakes and, and, and mountains. And it's, it's hardcore gnarly terrain. So just from, from the one side of this to think that people's lives, and this is probably the most profound thought I, I got from it. People's lives are so terrible in their countries, wherever they might be. Well, most of these people coming up from Mexico are not Mexican. Most of them are from Central America and South America nowadays. Their lives are so bad and, and so oppressed in their, in their you know, home nations, in their native lands, that they leave everything behind, give their entire life savings to someone they've never met before, saying that they can sneak them across the border. They sneak them across the border and hopefully they don't get caught. You know, this is all if they don't get caught by uh, Border Patrol, which is like a militia down there. It's incredible the infrastructure the Border Patrol has along the border. So they 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 wander into this foreign land illegally. They they know it's illegal. They're terrified. They're spending all this money to do so. It's a, it's extremely dangerous. You know, not just from a, a natural perspective, but you do have the cartels. You do have a lot of criminal activity. You know, surrounding the border as well. And then you get up into the United States, you're an undocumented worker, and you just have to take whatever job you can get. You can't go apply for a job, but you still have to go feed yourself. You still have to house yourself. You still want to go create a family and go have kids and support those kids. It really put it into perspective for me how these people's lives must be and how they view America. And and everyone likes to talk shit about America these days, but to think that people go to that extreme to get into this country for just the chance at having a better life than they could ever imagine in, in their home country is, is nothing short of, of remarkable. And the thing with, with immigration, I'm a huge supporter of immigration, and, and largely that's because I've worked with a lot of immigrants. The, the construction industry is largely immigrants. So if you go out to any construction site, especially Arizona, Southern California, Texas, the entire uh, population of workers out in the field is immigrants. They're all Hispanic. Most of them are Mexican. And they are the hardest working people I've ever had the pleasure of being around. They just put their heads down and work. And they know that that's what they'll always do for the rest of their lives. But they do it because they think that they might be able to get a better shot at life for their kids and, and give their kids opportunities that they never had. And so I spent quite a few years working with these guys, gained an enormous amount of respect for them. And I'd never had that opportunity uh, up until that point. I, I was raised very, very well off in a very affluent neighborhood. And I was never around minorities. I was never around even middle-class individuals. Frankly, it was really all just upper, upper class that I was exposed to. And so, you know, when I was 18, went, went to, to work in the ditch on the pipe crew, only, only white boy out there. It was a huge, hugely important cultural experience in my life. And, and from that point on, I'd always had enormous respect for immigrants. So that's the point of, of, of the, this, this whole project. I don't, uh, you know, I, I would just like to see better, better immigration with, with this country because we depend on it so much as as a nation it's it really these immigrants are are largely the backbone of our nation if you go out to any kind of farm in california you know your where your strawberries come from your avocados come from it's not white people doing that and and just just quite frankly it's it's just not it's it's all immigrants or construction sites and and so a lot of the people we work with are these immigrants and i i have nothing but respect for them so to think that they have to go to this extreme 
to just have that opportunity, it, it really sucks. And I, and I wish it was, it was better. And I wish the immigration process was better. I've never been one to prescribe that, oh, they're stealing our jobs because we just had record low employment rate in the history of the United States last year before coronavirus. And, and so that argument doesn't stand um, statistically, economically, and just factually based, again, on my life experiences, you go out to construction sites, it's not white people out there. I'll just say that much. So that's the part that was, that was really enlightening to me. The other side of it is you do have to protect the border. Um, so, you know, talking to the border patrol agents down there, they've seen some horrible things that, that go on down there. And, and that's where, you know, the immigration is one part, but the crime is another part. The crime is, is, is horrendous um, down there in, in, in the trafficking, not just drugs, but humans. And, and there's some really horrible, horrible things going on down there. And so there's, there's also that argument to protect the border and, and secure the border that, that you can also start to understand after talking to some of these guys and actually hearing about their experiences and, and hearing their opinions on the subject. It's a no-brainer that, yeah, they, they want some kind of barrier and protection because they've, they've had to deal with that with no level of control up until this point. So they're almost relieved that this structure is being created, this 30-foot steel barrier is being created because, because it, it, it protects not only them, but it protects the nation that they're, they're largely serving. So there's, there's that argument there, um, which was very enlightening as well. And then going back to the other side, you know, you just see the fact that we're putting this enormous steel barrier that no animals can get through. It's, it's the openings are, are very, very small to obviously prevent people from getting through, but it's really going to screw up, you know, uh, migration patterns and, and it's going to have an, an, an ecological effect that we haven't really, I think, wrapped our minds around yet. And then not only that, but a lot of those lands are, are sacred to a lot of the native folks there. And, and you know, it, it sucks, but we're, we're bulldozing a lot of those lands to make way for this, this barrier. And I know that's, a, that's an enormous point of controversy too. So it's not a cut and dry issue. And it was, I was definitely, I was skeptical going into it. I'm skeptical leaving it, but I'm at least able to speak to it with my own experiences, own emotions, and and own education on the subject. So I feel much better about it now that I can actually speak to it with with my own two eyes. And then just going to the scale of the infrastructure of it. Uh, again, going back to just a, a factual infrastructure perspective, it was I've never seen anything like it in my life. The the scale of the drilling and blasting and the earth moving millions of yards of material and the road building that they're creating and then digging the six foot trench, you know, right on the border and, and setting these panels and setting the rebar and pouring the concrete and artificial, you know, all these, all these, uh, portable batch plants, concrete batch plants set up in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, just hundreds of people working in the middle of nowhere. I mean, cause you are in the middle of nowhere out there and erecting, you know, thousands of feet of this fence per day. The, just the productivity is something I've never seen before and how well oiled of a machine it was and how good the job site looked. It was, it was really an incredible operation just from a factual standpoint. So I just wanted to recount my experiences on the border fence. I was a little nervous about posting about it too much because I don't want to rile people up and, and I don't want to 
disrespect the people at our company too. I know we have a lot of different uh, opinions at this company, which is awesome. I that's that's one of the things I've wanted to do since day one is bring on all different types of people within our business, really create a truly diverse organization with different viewpoints. And, 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 and people that are willing to engage in disagreement, challenge ideas, form new ideas, educate others about their ideas, and but ultimately, you know, be better off at the end of the day as a result, because even if they don't still don't agree with one another, they, they understand the other point of view and they, they still have maintained that sense of respect. So I like that we're a, a different group. So I didn't want to disrespect other people's opinions by being, you know, super outspoken about this or, oh, wow, this border wall project's incredible without, you know, for fear of, of looking insensitive, you know, wow, this infrastructure project's incredible. You know, we're building this amazing fence. And while I'm ignoring, you know, the, the, the immigration perspective or the, uh, you know, the, the native lands perspective or the ecological perspective, I'm not ignoring any of that. I'm trying to learn about it. I'm trying to appreciate it. We're not working with Fisher Industries. We won't work with Fisher Industries. It was really just a time for me to explore this issue and this very sensitive subject for myself. And I am very, very glad I had the opportunity to do so. And and I, uh, it was an enormous uh, life experience for me. So, to summarize this this whole experience, to summarize this podcast get out and live life and, and experience things for yourself, especially with coronavirus. We're in a unique position where we do get to work with people across the United States. So we do get to be exposed to a lot of different viewpoints, a lot of different people, a lot of different regions, but a lot of people just live in their damn bubble and, and, and then they live in these echo chambers and they, they tailor what their inputs to what they want to be hearing. And they're never exposed to new ideas. They're never challenging their ideas. They're never discussing their ideas. They're never pushing the boundaries on their ideas. They're never creating new ideas. And that is a very, very, very dangerous and, and just bad place to be as a human being. So challenge your ideas. Go create new ideas. Go create new life experiences. Go say yes to something that's uncomfortable. Go talk to people that you don't agree with and, and try to just listen. Try to, you know, hey, can you just explain I, I'm just confused. Why why do you think this is this is this way? Come at it from a genuine manner. You know, just just please just just tell me. I'm just I'm very curious why you believe XYZ. And and I just want to know. And maybe you completely still disagree with them at the end of that conversation, but at least you can you're you're able to wrap your mind around where they're at. At least you can just see the world from their perspective. It, it makes you a better human. It allows you to add more to the team, to our partners, to your life, to your families in general. So go out and try to find those life experiences that don't necessarily agree with your experiences, with your background, with your viewpoints. Talk about this stuff. As a company, I want to create a culture in which we can have these difficult discussions about difficult issues and not become all bent out of shape about it. Not, you know, wow, I hate that guy or whatever it may be, you know, just, and just have educated conversations from different points of view. We can all disagree and still come together as a team at the end of the day. That's how it should be. It shouldn't be polarized. It shouldn't be me versus you. It should be, Hey, we're still on the same team. We, we, we view life differently. We, we've, We've experienced life differently. We have differing opinions. And that's why we're an even more powerful team than if everyone just thought the exact same thing. So that is the point 
I guess I was trying to make with this entire experience. Hopefully you understand that. If there's ever anything you want to talk about, feel free. I know this is a very politically charged and emotional time, especially headed into November, and it's only probably going to get even more pronounced following November. Uh, I think November is only the beginning into 2021. We're entering a new era where uh, people just hate and disagree, and, and I think that's doing everyone a disservice. So if we can come together as a company and, and seek out opportunities to expand ourselves and to learn more about other people, to challenge ideas, to educate people about our own ideas, we are going to be much better off as humans and as a company. And with that, thanks for listening to another episode of the BuildWit Internal Podcast. And on the next episode, I'll give you a sneak peek. I'll probably be recording it tomorrow. We're going to dig into the new company values. We're going to discuss each one of them. We're going to discuss the examples, the quotes, and have an awesome time going through each one of those. I am so excited. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, stay dirty out there.